Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show. Each week, we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity, talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick. And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Kelly Hudson. And Kelly comes from a background that really includes a, a lot of losing. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that means. But before we go anywhere, Kelly, first of all, welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Would you be so kind as to open us with a brief word of prayer? Absolutely. In the midst of so much illness and uncertainty in the world, we thank you, God, for allowing us to be with one another today to discuss and discover a path toward wellness, which is what you truly desire for us. Allow us to honor and praise your name throughout our time together. We ask that you give us the words that our listeners need to hear in order to recognize their own brokenness so they too can begin mending their bodies, their minds, and their souls the way that Jesus teaches us to heal. We will need courage, strength, and perseverance to embark on this journey, and we ask that you lead us with your unyielding grace. Show us that you are near and guiding us closer to wellness and the truth that we are reflections of you, our God. Remind us daily to seek you in all we do, and to grow well in your immense love. In Christ's name, we ask this of you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, Kelly is, just to talk to our our audience for a moment, I I said that she's done a lot of losing. Actually, she's not the one that has been doing a lot of losing, but there have been a lot of people who've been pretty great losers in her life. Tell us a little bit, Kelly, about who you are and what you've done and why you wrote a book, which we're going to talk about. Absolutely. So I am an athletic trainer. I'm a certified athletic trainer. And if you aren't sure what an athletic trainer is, which most people aren't, they think we're either physical therapists or personal trainers, but we fall somewhere in the middle. Physical therapists. I like that. (laughs) Yes. So athletic trainers, if you've ever watched a football game, the people who, when somebody gets hurt, the people who run out onto the field, those are athletic trainers. And athletic trainers normally work in sports medicine. We work with the prevention care and rehabilitation of athletic injuries. But my career about um, 20, 25 years ago took a kind of a little turn away from athletics. I grew up in athletics, um, just like any other athletic trainer does, worked college and high schools. Um, But about 20, 23 years ago, now Disney Entertainment was looking for athletic trainers to cover one of their shows because they knew of the benefits of keeping the work comp costs down. Ah. So they hired in a couple of us and found that it was such a benefit that by the time I left Disney 14 years later, we had 30 certified athletic trainers on our staff. Working which was for Disney Studios. Yep. Abs- wow. di- well, Disney Entertainment. Disney Entertainment. Yeah. Okay. And we took care of everybody in entertainment. So uh, we had a huge program. But in the meantime... While I was at Disney, I started kind of venturing out to other places that needed athletic trainers in entertainment. So I did a short tour with the Radio City Rockettes, mm-hmm. uh, which was an absolute dream come true. My grandmother had been one of the original Rockettes. Oh, so to uh, me, this was just... Sounds like a kicking job. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, the greatest thing about the Rockettes is 
First of all, it's 40 women who all get along, um, which should be the show in and of itself. It's like they're holding like, each other <laughs> arm to arm. Yeah, it's good. And then the other really neat thing about the Rockettes is in that famous kick line that they do, right. they never, ever touch each other. Wow. So their arms rest above each other's arms really? and off of each other's backs. Yeah. And the reason is so that if one of them's tired, they don't put their weight on the girl next to them. So they get along and they carry their own weight, which I think is the model for (laughs) absolutely any group of people. That's a image. Yeah, absolutely. I might steal that. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, from there, I had... You pick up your heels, but you got to carry your own weight. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. From there, I started touring with uh, Lord of the Dance, uh, Michael Flatley's Lord of the Dance, which, again, an absolute dream come true. I'm a full-blooded Irish girl. And it was a five-week tour, and my husband, I begged and pleaded to go on it and turned into five years. (laughs) So it was um, quite an adventure. I toured the world with them, and my kids were little, so they'd come out to visit us on tour. And my daughter... from legs in general down to ankles. (laughs) Yes, yes. Uh, And my daughter became a world champion Irish dancer through that. So that was, yeah, it was a really... Fake fake curls or real curls? Because they all have to have curls. All fake, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they do have to have those curls, so... Uh, so that was a great time in my life. And from there, I uh, picked up a group of stuntmen up at Universal Studios. They came to me and said, how do we get you up there? So I ended up um, heading up a program at Universal Studios. And I had been up there for about 11 years working wow. with the stuntmen and women at Universal Studios. And... All of that networking kind of led to the network that I actually wanted to be on. And that's when a job opening happened at NBC for The Biggest Loser. Uh, yeah. This and is so where I the losing worked, comes in. Yes, this okay. is where it comes in. So I started working with uh, The Biggest Loser on NBC and did the last three seasons that the show aired as their director of sports medicine. Wow. So oh. you've had this very extensive background in working with people who are in entertainment but to keep them as healthy as possible while they're doing their material. This had to be quite a shift, though, because you're not really working so much with the professionals in entertainment when you're doing Biggest Loser. You're actually working with the contestants. Absolutely. Who are not necessarily Huge that shift. Yeah. Up until this point, I had uh, had the opportunity to work with some of the best athletes and performers out there. Sure. And then we went to people who had uh, never set foot in a gym in right. the past. Or at least for a long time. Yes, absolutely. L- let me stop for a moment because people can't see on radio, but the person sitting next to me is tall, thin, and, and looks like she's been athletic. <laughs> I, of course, am short, fat, and balding. And I have a body that's made for radio. But uh, So I'm sure when she saw me down to the lobby, it was like, oh, wow, we have a project. <laughs> But it's not me today. But I'm probably pretty typical to what would walk through the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. However, the first season that I worked on The Biggest Loser, it was called Days of Glory. And it was a group of athletes who had been athletes in their prime and who had kind of let themselves go. So in that season, we had a couple of NFL players. We had pro tennis players. We had um, a a softball Olympic pitcher. So we had a really uh, neat group of people because there was an athlete buried inside of them. Yeah, they'd like to get back to the playing weight. Absolutely. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how did that all turn out for you? I mean, was this as fulfilling as you thought it would be to work with the average ordinary people coming in and saying, hey, I want to be on your show, and no, I don't know squat about health? Well, 
Absolutely. It's incredibly fulfilling, but I I do uh, credit God with being there from day one because I don't know that it would have been if I hadn't had uh, this experience that I had on the first day that we were there that helped me realize that God needed to be a part of this. So, so let's talk about that yeah. in just a second. Your first day, we'll come back to first day. So you're a Catholic. I am. Tell me a little bit about your background. We, we talked briefly beforehand. You're pretty vanilla track as far as yes. your Catholicism <laughs> goes. So yeah, Irish Catholic are... family, Irish Catholic girl. Yeah, grew yeah. Up I Irish Catholic. grew up in upstate New York. Uh, in a predominantly Irish Catholic neighborhood. Uh, do you know we have the only stoplight in the entire country, possibly in the world, where the green is on top? Because <laughs> the Irish threw stones at the stoplight until the uh, city would finally change oh, it and funny. put the green light on top. So, yes, if you're ever looking for something to do in Syracuse, New York, Tipperary oh. Hill is where you can see that. But very typical Irish Catholic upbringing. Uh, my parents were devout Catholics. My dad was the sheriff of Onondaga County for 20 years and wouldn't go on to scene anywhere before he stopped and said a prayer. And we were regular churchgoers. And it's that's just kind of carried on through my life. And thank God, my children as well. Now, you've been married for how long? 23 years. So how has your family fared during all this time that mom has been involved with the entertainment industry. I'll tell you, I have the greatest husband in the world because... Uh, do, do you, where, whereabouts do you live? Orange County. Okay, so you would commute up to L.A. along the 5 freeway. Trip. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was tough. Um, but a lot of time for Catholic radio when you're there doing you those go. kind of things. So um, my family has done really well. My kids are all now involved in entertainment in some way, shape, or oh, form. My daughter... Wow is an actress. Congratulations and, and my condolences. Yes. <laughs> and my son is a uh, the bass player in a country band here in Orange County. A couple of nice okay. um, Catholic boys in that band. It's it's really neat. And um, oh, what's, what's the name of the band? Sean Olyu and the Coastline Cowboys. Sh- say it again. Sean, Sean Olyu and the Coastline Cowboys. Wow, where are they playing... They play all over, all the, over place. the place. Yeah, they're actually playing on Hour of Power in a month or so. Yeah, they play on Hour of Power quite often. Band. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we we'll have to get the plug there. <laughs> and then my youngest son is um, in production and design, uh, oh. so kind of backstage, oh, wow. lights, sound, that type of thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. So what does your husband do again? My husband is a firefighter, and so he has this great schedule. That's a hot job, I'll tell you. It is. Sorry. <laughs> I'm giving puns today. <laughs> I had my coffee this morning. <laughs> so he has this incredible schedule that allowed me to pursue these things up in up in Hollywood. Which, okay. Yeah. So you then decided to write a book. How did that did. come about? I did. Well, going back to the first day, this all kind of stems back first to day. the first so to day. Yes, yes. So uh, we have our first chance workout on the very first day. If you've ever seen the show, you've seen the very first day that the contestants come in. We bring them to the gym and do the first chance workout. So uh, if you can imagine this, it's a group of uh, extremely overweight individuals. A lot of them have serious health issues, and most of them have never set foot in a gym. And we are about to push them far beyond their mental and physical capabilities with cameras literally in their faces. 
So if you can imagine, I was more terrified than these contestants could have ever been. So there I was standing. Kind I, I of, have to ask, have you had negative in, like heart attack type things? Happen? We have not. We we are very oh, well staffed. But you can understand. Wow. A- absolutely. It's terrifying. Yeah. Gosh, you have, okay. Absolutely okay. terrifying. But like I said, we, you know, we have extremely good medical coverage sure. in those workouts. So there I was standing just kind of off camera um, with a blood pressure cuff in one hand and a puke bucket in the other because <laughs> being on television is extremely Ooh, glamorous. glamorous. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Very glamorous. So uh, out of the corner of my eye, I saw a woman in um, kind of a remote area of the gym. And she was doing step-ups. And she was repeating a phrase over and over and over again. And I I kind of I was checked her out and thought, oh, something weird's going on over there. But as I was watching her, it seemed like whatever she was saying was propelling her legs up onto this box. So I kind of I decided to go over a little bit closer and see what was going on. And as she as I got over there, I realized that what she was saying was, with him, all things are possible. Oh, wow. And it was uh, my eyes, I burst into tears, my heart burst open. And it was in that moment that I realized without him, anything that we were trying to accomplish here was completely impossible. Wow. Him, by... Yeah. Me saying him, you know, of course, I mean God and not Bob yeah. Harper or no. any of our other <laughs> no, heavenly I, bodied trainers. So I, I think it's from Philippians 4, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was in that moment that I realized that God needed to be a central part of this. And I don't know that I would have uh, taken that so seriously if it weren't for that moment. But it was exactly then that I realized he needed to be central in this journey for all of these people. Wow. You are listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Kelly Hudson, and we are talking about how she progressed through this experience of being on The Greatest Loser, and she wrote a book. When we come back, we're going to now talk about what that book says. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. We will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kelly Hudson, who has been in the entertainment industry in sports medicine for many years, and she has been a sports trainer for the show, The Biggest Loser. And we've been talking not only about how she got into that show, but the fact that it led her to write a book. And one of the things that framed that was a story she told about a woman determined to actually continue just to do the the step up, just do the step up by saying that all things are possible if God is with me. Something to that effect. Absolutely. So tell us what then led to the book and, and how did the writing of the book go? From there, I really incorporated this idea of body, mind, spirit into my work, that we needed to have all three of these things. This was more than a weight loss show. Okay. And... So with that idea, I I started speaking to groups. And so I had this women's group uh, called Wings. It was a Catholic women's group that wanted me to come out and speak. And I all I had was the idea of body, mind, spirit. I had nowhere to go with it. I didn't really know exactly what to talk about. So I was in Mass one Sunday morning, and I 
was just dreading having to go home and write this speech. So I kind of swallowed my pride and said, okay, God, tell me what to write. And he said, he gave me the answer because that mass, the gospel reading was John 8, 1 to 11. And that's the story of the woman accused. And it hit me like a ton of stones, so to speak. (laughs) Uh, There was my answer right there that uh, Jesus heals in body, mind and soul. And so I took that idea. So for those who didn't catch that joke, that's the story of the woman caught in adultery. (laughs) Yes. And Jesus says, let the one who was without sin cast the first stone. And then his mother threw the first. No, just kidding. (laughs) No, no. But but yeah, so the healing there was not just of her from a spiritual perspective. Right, right, right. She has a whole new lease on physical. Absolutely, absolutely. Jesus doesn't let this woman go until he heals her body, mind, and soul. When you kind of pick the story apart a little bit, you see how he heals. And so I took that idea and decided um, there was something there and that we needed to talk about healing in this these areas of your life in body, mind, and soul and um, to help let him help us through our brokenness. Okay. Yeah. So that became your speech. What became your book? So I kept seeing these similarities between the contestants on The Biggest Loser and this woman who was an outcast of society in that in the story of the woman accused. We but, are a very fat shaming society. Yes. And that's I also saw incredible similarities between kind of the people who were ready to cast judgment on this woman and all the rest of us, the viewing public that are watching this show. And so I just really wanted to get the word out to people about um that Jesus offers us this healing and he shows us exactly how to do it through his word. So I went back to God again and I said, um, hey, God, you know, I've done a couple of speeches here and there, but I'd really like more people to hear this. And he said, get a pen. <laughs> and that's how we wrote the book. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So if I'm looking at your book now and it's a it's a thin book, it's not that it's not a heavy. No, it's book. a quick, easy read. There are four main chapters and a fifth one on on conclusion. I, I'm going to want to spend quite a bit of time on the the fourth section, but not yet. I want you to tell me a little bit about some of the basics of what you what your advice is, and then how you give it. Because there are a lot of self help books out there, and there's a there lot of books are. on losing weight and getting into shape. And some of what you say is going to be right in line with where they got. So if you wanted to get a book that had the basics of how to deal with diet, exercise, and how to do it sanely, this book will cover that. Yes. But it does it from a different perspective. How would you say that your book is different from most other self-help, weight loss, get-in-shape books? I think that my book looks at wellness as a whole. And wellness is such a buzzword in our society. Everybody wants Mm -hmm. to talk about wellness, but do we really truly know what wellness is? So if you look at some of the definitions out there, The World Health Organization says that wellness is a state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being, and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Mental, physical, and social. Yeah. And then the uh, Global Wellness Institute says it's an active pursuit of activities and lifestyles that lead to a state of holistic health 
or the health of the whole person. Whatever the whole person means. Yeah. And incidentally, in um, back in May of 2020, the Global Wellness Institute teamed up with the Vatican to start a program called Resetting the World with Wellness. The Pope sees this need for wellness in our world. And wellness, um, hopefully after our talk today, you'll see yeah. that it's so much more than free, being free of illness. Wellness is an integration of body, mind, and soul, and how when you affect one of those things, you can affect the others as well. And then you can create a whole person. So let me go over a little bit of the contents. I don't want to give away your whole book, but I, I do want to talk about at least how you structured this and why it's a little different then. So your first, what you call uh, season, is healing, and you have a story, and then you go into the body, and you tell a story. And then you talk about exercise, nutrition, hydration, and recovery. Uh, it's a very physical-oriented chapter, but yes. it's not quite. It's interesting. So we'll come back to that. You can explain why that's not just about exercise, nutrition, hydration, and recovery. And then you have a, a, a season three called Mind, and it's Determine Your Why, Participate in Support Groups, Become and Stay Active, Practice Mindfulness, Laugh Out Loud, Utilize Positive Self-Talk, and Never Stop Learning. And then you have The Soul, where you talk about humility, prayer, silence, saints, uh, something called Let's Go, Sacred Moments, grat Gratitude, Radical Generosity, and Accepting God's Grace, and then a wrap-up section. Fully two-thirds of this is not about exercise. It's true. <laughs> yes, it. yes. I so, do put a disclaimer at the beginning that says this book is not about losing weight. This is about healing, and it's about healing through the three areas of your life that should mean the most, your body, your mind, and your soul. So people who are looking for a, a weight loss program, they probably ought to see a doctor. Absolutely. Those who are looking to have an accompaniment to help you in all the other areas that affect it ought to buy this book. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a great way to kickstart a life-changing journey, no matter what that life change is for you, no matter where your brokenness is. So your section here, the first one that's dealing with uh, the body, well, it's actually your second one is the body, and you start with Megan's story. Uh, we're not going to talk about Megan's story just yet. They have to read the book for that. But it's exercise, nutrition, hydration, and recovery. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about why you start with those elements and how important they are? Absolutely. Uh, we start with the body because God gifted us our bodies. And um, there are temples of the Holy Spirit. We've heard these things throughout our lifetimes, but what does that actually mean? Does he want us to take care of our bodies? Absolutely, he wants us to take care of our bodies. You can see this throughout the Bible. So I always say start with the Bible. It's, it's the greatest roadmap for any life change you want to make. Mm -hmm. So go there first. So we know that he loves our bodies. We know that he gifted us our bodies. We know that they are temples of the Holy Spirit. So it stands to reason that he wants us to take care of those so that we can then use our bodies to help deliver his word, to be disciples for him in the long run. Our bodies need to be healthy in order to do that. And the four components of a healthy body are exercise, nutrition, hydration, and recovery, or sleep. So the, the exercise and nutrition, hydration, and recovery. You know, this is interesting, just from a theological perspective. I, when Jesus comes in order to bring about spiritual healing to the world, the very first thing he begins to do is 
heal people's bodies. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He shows us over and over and over again that our bodies need healing. And that's all a part of being the best we can be for him. And that when we are in a, a state that is away from God, commonly called sin, but sin has become such a loaded term. But when we're away from God, our bodies are also away from healthiness. Absolutely. And so in order to have all of this come together, we have to be close to God. Right. So we exercise in this. This comes back to something Paul said, whether we eat or drink or whatsoever we do, do all for the glory of God. So we exercise, we eat, we hydrate, and we sleep. And that's how you, you start off. You then move into the mind. Now, the mind is, is an interesting thing because it's not the, equivalent with the brain. Right. Though the brain is the physical seat where the mm-hmm. mind it can be accessed as a human being. But we think of the mind as having also an access to the soul of sorts. So you right. call this mind. Why did you do that? Well, uh, you were right on that. It's it's not just the health of our brain. It's the health of the, the decisions that we make, the way we speak to ourselves, the company that we keep, the people who we allow into our lives and the people that we don't allow into our lives. All of those are decisions that we make, and uh, our health depends on all of those things. So, um, so we call that section the mind. Okay. Yeah. And that deals with, it says, determine your why. What does that mean? Yes, that is a huge piece of all of this. So determining your why is understanding the reason that you want to make a change. Because without a why, it's too easy to fall off. It's too easy to step away. But a why is what's going to keep you focused. It's what's going to keep you on your path. And it's what's going to propel your legs up onto a box when you can't do it yourself. It's what uh, is going to get you up in the morning to go out for a walk. It's what's going to allow you to pass by a fast food place and go home and eat dinner. All of these things um, are based on your why. So you have to understand why you want to make these life changes. And a couple of things about your why. A why is, um, you can uh, liken it to a priority, okay? So you make a list of priorities and your top priority is to live a healthy lifestyle. Well, that's fantastic. Then everything you do, you can weigh against that top priority is stopping um, at a fast food place on the way home. Is that does that match your priority? Probably not. So you go, OK, well, then I'll head home to have dinner. So that's a great thing to do to prioritize. But that's not all that you have to do for a why. A why is much deeper than that. So it's easy enough to say, oh, I'll live a healthy lifestyle tomorrow. But your why has to affect you emotionally. So there has to be a tie to it is the reason you want to live a healthy lifestyle. Just dig a little bit deeper. Why do you want to live a healthy lifestyle? I want to live a healthy lifestyle because I want to be around for my grandchildren. Or I want um, to live a healthy lifestyle because my parents didn't and passed away too early. That might affect you a little bit deeper and give you a reason to carry on. So one of the key things that you have here is if you're going to make a decision to lose weight, it shouldn't just be a New Year's resolution Absolutely. made at a party. This is a goal-oriented, thought-out motivation. Absolutely. Any life change that you take on has to be goal-oriented. Otherwise, it's too easy to just stop doing it. Fantastic. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and with me today is Kelly Hudson, who has wrote the book, Losing, Learning, Loving. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about how that why helps propel us into a better us, a better you. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio, coming to you high atop the Tower of Hope in beautiful Garden Grove, California, at the Christ Cathedral Campus, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. I'm Rick Howick, your host. With me today is Kelly Hudson, and Kelly has been sharing with us her story about how she came to write a book that's not just a book about weight loss and not just a book about uh, getting in shape, but a book about healing, and it is a healing of body, mind, and and spirit. And with that in mind, we've been kind of going through aspects of the book, and we were talking about a a central feature comes in the section called mind, and it's determining your why. And when you said about determining your why, it's kind of a a, a centralizing motivation. Absolutely. You've decided we're doing this for a good reason. One of the reasons would be God said we should be healthy, Another one might be, I'd like to see my daughters as I walk them down the aisle. Absolutely. The motivational factor is important in this. It can't just be, if I'm hearing you right, it can't just be, well, I look better generally, uh, so I should probably lose some weight. Right. Swimsuit season is not a great motivator. That ice cream looks better than a swimsuit. It's (laughs) absolutely. Okay, especially if it's got chocolate and a little... Anyway, so... (laughs) We won't do that to people. That's not fair. Mm. So we went determining your why. You then have a number of things that don't seem to me quite as centralizing, but they all seem to be important. Support groups, activities, staying active, become and stay active, mindfulness, laughing out loud, and then a positive self-talk. What do all these things, how do they contribute? And, and I don't want to take away everything from your book, but That's how do they right. kind of, it sounds like spokes in a wheel. It, it absolutely is spokes in a wheel. There are little things that you can do, little life changes that you can make that are going to help you with this goal. No goal is just, oh, I'm going to do this and off you go. There are little kind of supports throughout. And um, one of those is a support group. So finding other people who have gone on this journey before you and understand it, uh, you can get support from your family and friends. Those people love you. Necessarily about joining Weight Watchers or something like that. I am. That is what I'm talking about. It is, yeah. Because although your family loves you and will support you through this, they may not (laughs) understand exactly. They may not understand the journey that you're on, and they may actually be contributing to that brokenness God that you're is love feeling. and man is codependent. So. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> we kind of like dad that way. Yes. What is, that, that way we can help feed his addiction. Absolutely. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Absolutely. Without even knowing it, there's usually not malintent with that right. from our loved ones, but that's where it comes from. And so finding a support group is a huge piece of this so entire what, puzzle. What kinds of support groups then are you thinking about? Just something like Weight Watchers? You or? can find something like Weight Watchers, or you can find a group of other people that are going through this same thing that you are, especially in a Catholic community. You could walk around and, and say, hey, are, are you struggling with this? So am I. So there the might actually be, either in your parish or a parish nearby, there may be a health group 
Absolutely. That's actually involved, and they might have some people that could help right. sign you up for their group. And then you'd have someone to talk to right. and to be Absolutely. accountable to. And, and that's, uh, that's a huge piece of it, having someone to be accountable to and someone that um, your story can affect as well. So a lot of times in a support group, uh, you find safety in someone else's story and realize, oh, I'm not going through this on my own. There are other people in the world that have these same exact experiences, and I can feed off of what they've found helpful. So Feeding off yeah. of them, no pun intended. <laughs> okay, so you also talk about, um, well, I, I think I understand the idea of becoming and staying active, but is there something I'm missing there? No, no, that's a huge piece of healing your mind. Staying active is um, one of the biggest pieces of healing your body, but I just wanted to demonstrate that it also is a piece of healing your mind. Okay. The CDC says that 10 to 15 minutes of activity a day can make a huge difference when it comes to your mental health. That's no time at all to be active. That's walking a staircase or parking your car further back instead of praying to the patron saint of parking spaces to right. find you something Tell closer. Mary, full of grace, help me find a parking space. Yes. <laughs> but that's a big piece. Um, Dr. Paul Dudley, um, who was the founder of preventative medicine, says, a vigorous five-mile walk will do more good for an unhappy but otherwise healthy adult than all the medicine and psychology in the world. So getting and staying active is going to make a huge difference, not only in your physical self, but in your mind as well. Talking about mind, then, you, you talk about something called mindfulness. Now, how is mindfulness different than having your motivation straight from, from determining your why? So mindfulness is the ability to be fully present in the moment and to understand your own emotions so that you can control them. So being out of control it doesn't support your mental health at all. But being in control does. But you can only be in control when you're mindful. So you understand your own emotions. You understand other people's emotions. And that's by being totally present, not in the future with what's going to happen and not in the past with what's already happened, but being present in the moment. And there are a couple of different ways to do that. My favorite's breathing. Just sitting and taking a breath. And you know that's such a buzzword right now. Just breathe, just breathe. But it really does make all the difference in the world. When you breathe, you're bringing in all of this oxygen into mm -hmm. your lungs and you're expelling all of the waste, the CO2. And with that, your parasympathetic nervous system is activated and you calm down. And that way you can yeah. be present in the moment. I have learned this myself. I'm one of these people because, as, as I mentioned before, I have my own health issues when I go into the doctor's office and they take my blood pressure, I'm one of these doctor phobes. Oh, yeah, so white coat syndrome. Way, <laughs> way up. So, oh, you're 180 over 110 now. We're going to let you sit here for a yep, while. Yep, and breathe. And yes. I, I found that if I breathe deeply enough so I almost begin to feel like I'm hyperventilating <laughs> just a little bit for about a minute, it doesn't take very it long. It doesn't take long at all. That no. The blood pressure comes way down. It does, absolutely. And it's, it's a physiological response, mm -hmm. not just an emotional response. Right, it, absolutely. It now, my favorite uh, breathing exercise is breathing in and out Christ. When you breathe in, you'll hear this sound like a yeah. And when you breathe out, you can hear a sound that says way. And if you <laughs> breathe those together, it's Yahweh. And just yeah. think about that for a second, that maybe the first breath we took, we were actually saying the name of God. Yeah. And on our last breath, 
poetically, we'll say his name again. Now, so in we, between, let's use Jewish that. listeners, it, actually, it sounds like Adonai, but anyway. <laughs> yes. <there you> go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but once you hear that, once you hear yourself breathe in Yao and breathe out Wei, you will never unhear it. And that's wow. how I calm myself all the time when I need to. Right before this interview, yeah, I was doing, doing a little Yahweh in the lobby. <laughs> into the microphone, but yeah. So the, there's a slight resemblance yeah. to, to, mm-hmm. to the name of God. Right. Genius of Catholicism right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then this laugh out loud. I, we've, as you can tell, I like humor too. So humor is so great. Why for you. is that so important? Because I've heard that before that people who are jovial and genuinely so not sad jovial we have some people mm. who will turn to humor as a mass right and which is not necessarily Absolutely. but people who genuinely see the humor in life and the joy in life right that they're right. related they're healthier well physiologically laughing does some really great things for us mm. uh, laughter releases endorphins it relieves pain and creates an overall sense of well-being it lowers your blood pressure reduces worry chocolate and stress without having chocolate this is <laughs> <Yes>. great <laughs> and boosts your immunity and who needs yeah. more immunity now than all of us so Don't have you garlic um, for it <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, so powerful against anger and it can often diffuse a, uh, a tense or uncomfortable situation But laughter has this magic to it almost. It gives us hope. And when we can laugh at our own situations, it allows us to share them. If you have something happening in your life and you're ashamed of it or afraid of it, you're not going to share it with someone else. But if you can laugh about it, chances are you'll want to share that with someone. And then that's, again, back to being a part of a support group. When you share your story with someone else, it heals you and it heals the other person there's something else that goes with laughter too i found and it's when you make a a quip or tell a quick joke about something you're talking about and the person laughs along with you number one it says the person's understanding what you're saying otherwise they wouldn't get the joke right which means that they're linking with you and it reinforces for them that they're getting the joke, they're understanding, and they're linking with you. Absolutely. Which builds relationship. True. Not just because we all laugh together, but because we demonstrated that we're actually comfortable bonding at this this somewhat limited but important level. Very, very true. We're really true. communicating. Very true. And we need that more than ever in our society now. I think so, too. Okay. Utilizing positive self-talk. Positive self-talk okay, is so, so don't, don't important. Don't down yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. You know, everything. I'm so worthless. That, so she yeah, was going to stop. No, I'm, this is not going to work. This is not going <laughs> right. to work. She wouldn't have five made times it. and she'd be done. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so positive self-talk is so important. Do you remember when we were kids and we'd anything you did, you'd say to people, look, watch me do this. Watch. Me, and you just spin around in a circle. Yeah. Well, we stopped doing that because the world has convinced us that we aren't good at things. And so we don't want to show off what we do anymore. So we need to get back to this point where we are confident enough in ourselves, and that's by um, positive self-talk. So everything, if you think about it, everything that God made in the world is good, right? But all of those things were preceded by words that were good. He spoke them into existence. So words have power behind them, and they can hurt or they can heal. 
And so choose words that are healing for you. Start talking to yourself and reminding yourself how much God loves you through words. James talks about taming the tongue. Yes. That it's an important rudder. It can help guide where you go, how you are received, what it is you do, and how you do it. Right. And then never stop learning. What's that about? Learning is so incredibly important because when you learn, you become more confident in things. When you become more competent, you become more confident. And when you're more confident in something, you are more willing to go out and actually do it. So learning is such an integral part of keeping your mind um, healthy. And that's going to all lead back to keeping your body healthy as well. Most people don't want to go to the gym because they don't know how to do something in there. So if you're confident, you're going to go in and do those things. If you're confident in your nutrition, you're going to make yourself food. If you're confident in understanding your body, you're more likely to affect your body. Wow. Okay, that brings us to the last major section of your book, which we are going to talk about when we come back. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Kelly Hudson, who wrote the book, Losing, Learning, Loving. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this last chapter, which deals with the soul. And we will be right back. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. You have been listening today to Kelly Hudson, who's been telling her story about being on the show, The Biggest Loser, and how that led her to write this book that includes losing weight and getting healthy physically, but the book is actually about doing it holistically from a Catholic perspective. Now, this is not overtly Catholic in that it's going to have lots of Catholic prayers and things in it, but it's Catholic friendly, I guess is how it Absolutely. Works. I speak Catholic. You speak yes. Catholic. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> yeah. So before we go any further, let me stop for a moment and say thank you very, very, very much for coming on You're and so spending welcome. your time talking about this because some of this is very, very interesting, I think helpful to people. There might be some people who would like to get a, a copy of this. If they do, they would just go to Amazon? To, Absolutely. To you can that. find this on Amazon. And Losing, Learning, and Loving. Losing, Learning, and Loving. And the author's name is Kelly Hudson. And for those of you who spell poorly, H-U-D-S-O-N, Kelly Hudson. There's a whole section of your book, and, and frankly, it was my favorite section when I was looking at it. And it is on some very overt engagements with spirituality in this process. Tell us a little bit about your section on the soul. Absolutely. So the the soul is the most neglected part of ourselves. Everybody knows about exercise. Everybody knows about um, keeping your mind healthy. But most people don't even think about the health of their souls. And that's such an important piece of wellness and being whole. So um, this section just helps lead you along the way and teaches you some ways to to increase the health of your soul. And the first of those is humility. So humility is allowing yourself to take a back seat and letting God lead the way. And it's very it's humbling to do that. I'm quite proud that I'm this humble. <laughs> anyway, sorry, go ahead. My husband is a um, recovered alcoholic. 
And uh, often when um, he goes out to sponsor a young man, he has this little exercise he does with them that I think is brilliant. He will bring them down to the ocean and he'll say to them, do you think that there is something bigger than you in this world? Are you the most powerful? And oftentimes the alcoholic will say, no, there's nothing more powerful than me in this world because that's how, you know, alcoholics are. And he'll put them in the ocean and wait until a, no- a wave knocks them over yeah. just to show them there is something more powerful. Turn your back to the waves. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there is something more powerful out there than you. And the first step in any journey of wellness is understanding that and letting that uh, more powerful force take the lead. And our powerful force is God. So we have to let him be forefront in all of this. This almost sounds like the 12-step program in reverse, that you have outlined where we want to go, and then at the end you tell us, now this is the engine through which we do Absolutely. It. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk a little bit about this. You, you were talking about humility and the idea that there is something greater than us that, of course, ultimately is God. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily talk about uh, Catholicism here directly, but of course, indirectly, we're talking about the reality of God that's there. Yep, absolutely. But then you go into the next section on prayer, silence, and saints, and you link them all together. How does that work? (laughs) Well, prayer is not just talking to God. It's also listening to him. And that's the silence. It's amazing how many people shout at God. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So, and he listens, he does listen to us, but we don't give him time to answer a lot. Now, there are tons of different ways to pray. That's the, the most incredible thing about prayer to me is that there's so many different ways to do it. And whatever makes you most comfortable in talking to God, that's how you should talk to him. He is our friend. He is our father. So prayer is, there's so many ways to do it. My favorite, I'm a rosary person. I absolutely love the rosary. But tons of ways to do it. But I think even more important than that is the silence part of it. So we have taught our children to listen to their coaches and to listen to their teachers and to listen to their grandparents. But we have forgotten to teach our children to listen to the voice of God, which is the most important voice they will hear throughout their lifetime. We just have forgotten it. But when we teach them to be silent and to actually listen they will hear the voice of God. Reminds me of the story of Joan of Arc when she was talking to, I think it was Joan of Arc, was talking to the queen, and she's confronted saying, how is it that God would talk to you, a peasant girl, and not me, the queen? And she said, oh, your highness, God talks to you a lot. You're just not listening. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> That's brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, and we all fall into that. We just aren't listening. But also the saints play into there because I I love the saints. I don't go anywhere without the saints. I think they're such an incredible example of what we should be and how we should be praying, how we should be talking to God and how we should be listening. And so when I go on to set at The Biggest Loser, St. Charles Borromeo goes with me. He's the patron (laughs) saint of dieters and the overweight. When I work with um, stuntmen, St. Genesius is always there with us. So he's the patron saint of performers and actors and comedians. And so I've lumped my stuntmen in with them. When I'm working with dancers, St. Vitus is always on set with us. So I love the saints and I love that they are willing to be with me 
and for me to pass that along. (laughs) I used to bring St. Anthony when I'd have a losing football team. I'd bring St. Anthony out to the world. Hope you guys can find a win tonight. But I love football because when you're reading, like, so for example, in Hebrews chapters 11 and 12, it talks about how uh, the saints of the world, like from the Old Testament, they needed the, uh, the believers in Christ to make them complete. But there's another aspect to it. It's like, okay... You've got all these people on the sidelines cheering you on. You're on the field right now. It's your turn to play. So that's what we're doing in life as we're playing. But you're not doing it in an empty stadium. You've got all these people shouting and cheering for you. So shut up and listen. Absolutely. (laughs) And that's the saints for us. Absolutely. All right. You have let go. Is that like let go go and let God? Absolutely. Let go and let God. Kind of the Indiana Jones who sticks his hand out, (laughs) his leg out and takes that step. Yes. We hold on to things like nobody else does. But when we can finally let go of things, God can step in and be a part of our lives. We have a, a challenge on The Biggest Loser, usually at the end of the season, where we put um, sandbags on the contestants with all of the weight that they've lost throughout oh, wow. the season. And then we have them climb a That's hill fun. or walk a stadium yeah. or whatnot. And as they get to different sections, they're able to drop one of oh, those bags of weight. Well, it, the you know the symbolism isn't too hard to follow there. No. When you let go of the things that are holding you back, that's when you're truly free. And for a lot of people, their weight is holding them back. And when you let that go, then think of all of the places that you can go now and the things that you can do with God at the helm there. You have in a weight loss and health book, Sacred Moments. Wow. (laughs) Sacred moments. I just love sacred moments. They um, are what make everything better in life. I tell this story where years ago I was sitting at my computer. I had to give a speech on sacred moments. And I was sitting at my computer trying to figure out the definition of sacred moments. And uh, for hours, it seemed. And my seven-year-old son came up and he said, I know what it is, Mom. And, you know, like any other mom, I went, oh, for God's sake, humor me. (laughs) And he said... This is a true story. He said that sacred moments are something that touch you so deeply inside that you can never describe it with words. And sometimes it even makes you better. And I thought, just clean dog poop off this kid's shoes. What is happening here? But he was right. Those moments that you can't describe that change you for the better. And I'll tell you, on a weight loss television show, every moment there is a sacred moment. Those when you can just be present and listen and be a part of someone else's life, it changes both of you for the better. Your next two chapters seem to kind of go together, gratitude and radical generosity. You follow why I kind of link them. So tell me a little bit about what those are are trying. So gratitude is being thankful and uh, studies have shown over and over and over again. I don't know why we're not listening, but studies have shown us that people who keep gratitude journals are physically healthier. They're happier. They're in better relationships. They are more satisfied in their jobs. And get this, they even make more money than people who don't keep gratitude journals. Damn. So gratitude is such an incredible it's part. Better than being tall. <laughs> <laughs> being a short person, I know this. <laughs> uh, so... There are a bunch of different ways to um, to put some more gratitude in your life. When you're in a conversation and there's complaining, flip the conversation and make it more about something gracious. Nature is a huge way to be grateful. Just being in all of the immense beauty that God has given us, how could you not be grateful to be a part of that? 
So that's the basis of gratitude. Your last, it's not really a last chapter, but it's your last major substantive section seems to be accepting God's grace. So how does that fit in kind of as a, a summary, really, of what you're doing? Yeah, we can, we can do all of these things, and in the end, God can offer us the next step. But unless we accept that and move forward, we're kind of stuck back where we were. One of our uh, former contestants, Sonia, is a great example of that. She was a high school or a elementary school gym teacher when she came to us, and she uh, had such an incredible journey. She really had God in her heart throughout this journey. She, in fact, is the one at the, the story at the beginning that I told you that was stepping up. <laughs> she moved on to be a public speaker, which was a miracle in and of itself because Sonia had a stutter wow. for most of her life. But whenever the cameras went on, on the show, her stutter was gone. And so afterwards, she left being this um, elementary school gym teacher and became a public speaker and started working for um, the uh, wellness programs at the St. Joseph Health System and now owns her own business. But without accepting God's grace and these these incredible gifts he had for her, she wouldn't have moved on and been able to be a disciple for him. So accepting his grace is paramount. And accepting the grace of this book is a, a great first step. You have given us a great gift in talking Thank to us about you. this. For those who don't want to buy the book, listen to this again. But the bottom line is you're going to want to buy the book because there's a lot more that's in here and you only unpack the beginnings. Thank you, Kelly Hudson. The book is Losing, Learning, Loving. You can get it through Amazon. Losing, Learning, Loving by Kelly Hudson. Would you please lead us in a brief word of prayer? Absolutely. Lord God Almighty, you have given us the gift of your words to use in our daily struggles. And through these words, you have taught us to care for our physical bodies so we can be fully present to you. You have revealed to us the importance of healing our minds from past wounds so that we can draw even closer to you. And most important, you have shown us the power of mending our souls and how knowing you and experiencing your love can heal even the most broken part of ourselves. My prayer for each and every one of you listening is that you lose whatever holds you back, you never stop learning, and you always know the love of the Lord. Amen. Amen. And if you like this program, you can hear it again by going to our website at OCCatholic.com. And at OCCatholic.com, you can go to the radio tab where we have several shows that we produce, all of which are very good. Go to ours, the flagship show at Orange County Catholic Radio, and you can hear this again shortly after it's been broadcast. Once again, I'm Rick Howick, your host for Orange County Catholic Radio. Thank you again to Kelly Hudson. Thank you for having me. And we will see you again next week.